1: Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. When you hear the word holiness, does it produce negative feelings in you? When you think about how God sees you, do you think of this in terms of your performance, that is your good works or your bad works? Is the approval of others, especially spiritual leaders, important to you? Are you motivated or manipulated by guilt? Do you use guilt to motivate or manipulate others? Do you believe that tithing is a key to financial blessing? Are you driven to succeed in order to feel good about yourself? Do you get exhausted trying to live the Christian life and wonder about that easy yoke and light burden Jesus spoke of? If you answered yes to any of these questions, you may be a victim of legalism. This is Set Free with Ken Legg.
0: Hello, Phil's my name, and today author and pastor Ken Legg and I are talking about something that could well be a movie title, Escape from Legalism. It's a problem we've all wrestled with from time to time, but uh, Ken, don't you think there's a fine line between doing what we think is right and legalism? In fact, what is it anyway? So maybe we should start there. How do you define legalism?
1: I feel Well, legalism is probably more to do with why we do something than what we do. I mean, what is our motive? My definition of legalism is that it is the belief that my works are the basis for God's acceptance and blessing in my life. So legalism, if you like, is the antithesis of grace because grace is the belief that I'm always accepted and qualified for every blessing because of the finished work of Jesus. So legalism is an attempt to get us to pay a price for that which God has already paid for. Okay, so in other words, you know, we think that we've got
0: to do stuff in order to, for God to save yeah. us, to, to do something for us. Well, how did the church move away from grace then as the basis of the acceptance and, and blessing and uh, and drift
1: into legalism? Well, if you read uh, the New Testament, you, you discover that it didn't take long for them to do that. Um, we find that you know because of their law-based background, a lot of the um, Christians were kind of trying to merge the two together. Yep. So they had a Christ plus gospel and uh we see that kind of came to a head, really. I suppose when Paul came away from the Galatians, he left them in the liberty of the gospel of grace. But then, what we call Judaizers came afterwards and said, "Hey, it's great that you guys have accepted Jesus, but did you know that you've got to be circumcised? Did you know about this? Did you know about that?" And basically, circumcision was just like the the, uh, the the tip of the iceberg, and underneath was the full weight of the law that they tried to impose upon these Gentiles. And so because of this old covenant background, legalism was something that they had to shake off. They had to kind of realize that you can't mix the old with the new. And mm. and when you look at us today, I guess we're probably basically works oriented people, you know. And so it's not difficult to, to drift into that kind of mindset that in order to get God to do something for me, I've got to do something for him. This is one of those issues I'm sure many people listening have
0: wrestled with over the years, maybe still wrestle with now, because the natural question is then, why was
1: the law given? Yeah, and that's what legalism does. It tries to use the law for a purpose that it wasn't given. And, and I would respond to your question this way, Phil. I would say the law was given for two reasons. Number one, uh, it was given to show us what God is like. Now, when you think about the Ten Commandments, you know, what were the Ten Commandments? Was it just an obedience test, like uh, here's a bunch of rules to see whether you'll obey me? Hmm. Um, what about if we took some of those rules out and put another couple in? Just, just, you know, change the rules for rules for rule's sake, you know? No, that's not what it was about. The, the, the law actually was a transcript, if you like, of the nature of God. I mean, when the Bible says don't lie, you know, don't bear false witness, well, God cannot lie. Yeah. You know, he is the truth. <laughs> uh, when the Bible says uh, don't steal, well, God doesn't take from us. He gives to us. He's the giver of life and the giver of every good thing. Um, when the Bible says don't murder, you know, don't don't commit murder, then we see that God is the giver of life rather than the taker of life. Uh, you know, the Bible says don't commit adultery. Well, God is always faithful in all his relationships. And, and so, first of all, God shows us what he's like through the law of God. That's the first reason he gave it, he says, I'm like this, this is a reflection of my righteousness and my nature. Mm. But then of course the second reason he gave the law is to show us what we're like. You know he put that law against us and uh, it showed us that we're not like Him. If you like, it's like a plumb line, you know we, we use a plumb line to show how straight a wall is. So so if a wall is crooked, then that plumb line shows it up for being crooked. We we'll drop uh, sorry, God drops the plumb line of his law against us, and shows us that we're crooked. Yeah. Now, 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 the law doesn't show us how bad we are, but how good we're not. We're not like God. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And and uh, so the law was given for those reasons. And Paul says, look, the law is good if a man use it lawfully. What does that mean? Well, if we use it for the reason for which it was given, you know, to show us what God is like, to show us what we're like, um, the Bible says the law is our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. When we see that we've come short of the glory of God, help, we need a saviour. Well, the law brings us to Christ. Now, some people turn that the other way around, and they think that Christ is the schoolmaster to bring us to the law, but it's the other way
0: around. Mm. I love that schoolmaster picture because if you think about a school principal, say, his role in the school is really to keep discipline, keep focus, maintain the order, make sure that things are going as they are, sometimes to discipline in the sense of correction. Yeah. Because you know what kids are like. They'll, yeah. they'll go all over the shop and they'll do what the things that they want to do. And if there was no schoolmaster, well, yeah. they'll probably be playing Xbox all day or, or something, yeah. you know, or, or playing sport. And they won't do the educational things they need to. Yeah. And that's really what the law is like as well. It helps us to maintain focus yeah. on what God a, really a, is an saying. And
1: order and structure. I that's mean, right. Paul says the law is for the lawless. <laughs> yes. But you know, the lawless need laws. But when we come into Christ, we have life, we have grace. And um, you know the the law the Bible says then is becomes obsolete in the life of the Christian because we have Christ's life you know yeah. but, but the the law is so hard to keep though if you you look at it it's even look at just the
0: Ten Commandments let alone all the other statutes and things that that are there you know, broadly in the Old Testament I don't know anybody who could put their hand on their heart and say I can do that in their own strength it, it almost sounds as if the law. Sort of wasn't a good idea because it didn't work out. So God came along with a new covenant, and you know that was the covenant of grace. Well, you might get the impression that the law is a bad thing, yet it was given by God Himself. We know that
1: God doesn't change. How would you respond to questions like that? Because they're hard questions. Yeah, I think I think they're very good questions, and they're often asked. You know, was the law, um, you know, not a good idea? So God had plan B. You know. Yeah. Uh, no, the Bible says that um, actually the law was not the first covenant. Uh, the first covenant was the promise covenant the covenant that God made with Abraham which is the covenant of grace only from a different perspective I mean uh, God gave the covenant uh, of promise to to Abraham and he said in your seed which is Jesus you know Paul makes that very clear in Galatians that the seed is Christ and in your seed all the nations of the earth are going to be blessed that's the the good news of the gospel and so Abraham believed and he was made righteous in fact Paul says Abraham, uh believe the gospel. The gospel was preached to Abraham and he believed it. Mm. So he looked forward to Christ. We look back to Christ. Um, you know, Abraham believed that God would give him a son. We believe that he has given us a son. His name is Jesus. So that was the first covenant. So why did the law come in as far as Israel were concerned? Well that was to put a fence around them because the, the gospel said that the seed would come through uh, through Israel, you know, that the yep. Messiah would come through Israel. Yep. But what if Israel Intermingled with the other nations? What if they just got lost in the masses there? So God put a fence around them to, to keep them locked in so that when Messiah came, we would recognize him, you know. But um, the law was never the first covenant. The, the promised covenant, which is the gospel of grace, was the first covenant. Just to answer your second question, um, you know, you, you mentioned, okay, well, maybe the law was a bad thing. No, the law was not a bad thing. The law is good. Paul says the law is spiritual, it's holy, it's good. The problem is not with the law. It's us. (laughs) It's with us. You know, it's not a good marriage. Yeah. Um, You know, Paul says it was weak through the flesh. So, Jesus never downplayed the law, and Paul never downplayed the law in itself. The law is spiritual, it's good, it's holy, but it's just a bad marriage. When we try to marry with the law to produce holiness, uh, it always ends up a sterile relationship. And so, God has delivered us from that relationship, and we are now married to Christ. And He is the source of our holiness, not the law, not, not our rule-keeping and our law-keeping, but His life that's in us is producing the fruit of the Spirit.
0: in has been helping us to escape from legalism this week, and we'll have more tomorrow. Until then, remember you don't have to carry that baggage because God wants you to be set free. For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg, including the book This Is The Life, which features topics from today's message, shop
1: online at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au.